Welcome to Nice That Minute, I'm your host Darren. Uh, my guest once more for the final time this week is Ollie Brady and we are covering the final minute of this week which is minute 80. Starts at an hour and 19, finishes at an hour and 1959. Uh, we are still in the restaurant. Uh, we are mostly getting Ransom chit-chatting in this particular minute. He's, he's like 40 seconds of talking. Um, he's come up with a plan. Uh, you know, and uh, handily for us, all the Go Talk has finished. And he said in the last minute, he's not telling anything to the family and he, you're not going to jail, he says to Marta. He says that detective is not going to catch, catch you um, and you're not giving up the family fortune. Um, and he basically says, you know, that's what granddad wanted. So, you know, you should keep it. Um, and then, of course, you know, Mar- Marta is like, well, why don't you just turn me in? Um, and of course, he says, because fuck my family. They don't <laughs> yeah. deserve any of this. <laughs> Um, and you know, he, he basically says he'll help her get away with it. And then she gives, you know, once everything's been clear, then she, she will give him the cut of the inheritance. So basically what, what, what was it like 60 million? So yeah. he's going to want like 10 million, something like that. Um, and then he says, it's the perfect ending. We all win you, me and Harlan deal. Uh, and now before she gets to agree to anything, the phone rings and it is Meg T, uh, which I think is interesting because, uh, of course, Joni married like the. We, they, 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 this is something we haven't really talked about, and some of the other hosts have touched on this. But basically, her husband is dead, so he is the dead son of Harlan Thrombey <laughs> um, that, that that she married. So it's interesting that obviously Meg is Meg Thrombey, uh, you know, but obviously Linda isn't Linda Thrombey because you know she she, she married, married and she in, did yeah. take yeah she took her husband's name. So I think that's that's like an interesting detail. Um, you know, that basically, you know, she's the daughter. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more of that in other minutes between her and her father. Um, and, you know, Don Johnson is kind of like the outsider a little bit there. Um, but yeah, so Meg T is ringing. Uh, Marta picks up the phone and says, Meg. Meg answers Marta. And that is where our minute finishes. Although I would say this, uh, you know, if Ryan Johnson is listening, uh, we have like phones that tell you who's calling. So... Very rarely do people say the name of the other person who's on the phone. You just say hello when you pick up the phone because you know who's calling you. Yeah, Ryan. So you yeah, ruin so, this just like you ruin. No, I won't do it. But I, I think, I think what why why they're doing that is obviously because that is for the benefit of ransom. Yeah. Um, when she answers, she's obviously saying Meg's name because she wants ransom to know who's calling her. Um, and yeah, so I mean, we can get into spoilers. I don't want to jump into them too quickly, but I do just want to say, you know. I like, again, the kind of change of Chris Evans' demeanour as Ransom kind of now has a plan, um, you know, where he says, you're not giving up the family fortune, uh, which I think is interesting because he doesn't say my family in that particular... He said my family previously, and he says, fuck my family in this minute, but he doesn't He doesn't say my family when he says my family fortune. He just says the family fortune. Mm. Um, and obviously he emphasises that, you know, uh, Harlan, you know, obviously wanted her to have the money, and didn't want his family to have any money. Uh, this is uh, that obviously goes back to a conversation that Harlan had 
um, you know, before he was given his shot, um, you know, and before everything started happening, where he did have the discussion, well, not really a discussion, he was kind of just thinking out loud with Marta, um, where he was saying, you know, maybe he should have left them to stand on their own, all that kind of stuff. Um, and again, when I discussed that in the previous minute, I think, uh, you know, that felt to me like a conversation he's had like a hundred times with Marta, where like, you know, as they're getting ready to play Go or whatever, you know, get ready to go to sleep or, you know, the, the kind of the part of the, the kind of evening's activity is Harlan regretting the fact that he gave his kids tons of money and he kept supporting them, even though they kept failing and maybe he should have let them stand on their own. And, you know, so it feels like, yeah, you can you can picture him starting with a leading question like, Marta, what do you think of Ransom? You know, or Marta, what do you think of Joe? Yeah. You know, and then that leading into him going, I regret X, yeah. Y and Z. And so I think it's interesting because obviously I think when you know, Marta relayed the information that we've already seen in terms of what happened in the previous minute or in between the previous two minutes, should we say, because it was all off screen. And I think Ransom obviously knows now uh, because I'm sure Marta would have, you know, she, you know, she can't lie, so she would have had to say, you know, he felt that he regretted, you know, giving the, these people money. So I think he's he's coming at this with the idea of like agreeing with Harlan that the family shouldn't have any money, like they don't deserve the money. Obviously, that contrasts with the previous minute where Marta was like, "I just want to save, my, you know, not not just myself, but it's I want to save yeah. my mom, I want to save my sister. I don't care what happens yeah, to me." Yeah, so it's it, ransom is the most selfish person and Marta is the least selfish person. So uh, them forming mm. an alliance seems, you know, a little kind of, again, like she doesn't respond, but obviously he's laid out what the deal is, which is, you know, everything goes away. You know, they don't give in to the family. Don't, you know, let them, you know, I think he also realizes that the will can't be challenged as well. Like, you know, even though mm-hmm. obviously Marta has said, you know, she, she accidentally switched the vials and all this kind of stuff. I'm guessing he's saying, but, you know, it, you didn't mean to kill him, so you're not going to go to prison. So th- th- this isn't going to change the will. Like the will's going to stand, and there's nothing they can do to challenge it. You know, but without Alan being in the scene, I think Ransom already knows that. Um, and so yeah. I think it's interesting that he's coming. He he basically says, you know, we all win, you, me, and Harlan. <laughs> so, so I like how he's kind of bringing his his grandfather into the into the deal. Uh, but again, he's he's not wrong. You know, this is what Harlan wanted. And he's correct in saying, you know, this yeah. should be how, you know, it goes about it. Of course, he then adds, but obviously I can turn you into the police, so you're going to have to give me my inheritance. Um, and which is funny because this this then feels like the this is the kind of the end of his first kind of plan, uh, which, you know, we'll find out is actually his second plan uh, or possibly his third plan because, <laughs> you know. Could be, could be, but yeah, he's this age. I, he is I, kind of he's he's manipulating her, but in the most kind of charming of ways of saying, Look, you know, I, I'm not going to turn you into the police, but you still you'll need to, as is in his name, there's a ransom and it is you know his cut. I don't know how he's d- divvying that up either, like if he's just divvying it up amongst the children or including the grandchildren, or what I don't know what percentage he thinks he's getting out of the, the millions. I, I'd say there's a good chance it, it's he's only considering it as being part of the the main family the ones that we've seen so one sixth yeah. effectively but what i imagine he would look at here is if it's 60 million so his cut would have been 12 million yeah or whatever it happens to be uh, or 10 million but i think he'll look for a little bit more because like why not like she if he says you know you need to give me 20 million She's still getting forty million out of it. Like it's not like she's going to say no. Yeah. So he's 
ensuring that he's getting at least what he would have been getting in the first place and probably twice as much even if he said to her let's go 50 50 in this let's go 40 to you and 60 to me again this is a woman who's come from an uh an undisclosed country and has nothing and is working as a carer who is being told yeah it's 60 million you keep 20 for yourself and give me 40 like you, she's still not going to go no <laughs> i need my other 10 million like she would be more than happy to take that yeah. well let's uh let's jump into spoilers uh you know for anybody who who doesn't want to be spoiled obviously this is the point where you can you know i don't know skip to the end of the episode or start listening to next week's if it's available um but i will say this i think <laughs> it's interesting because you know he is obviously paid blank to investigate because he has already set martyr up to accidentally kill his grandfather i don't think he was betting on the fact that harlan would come up with an alibi and a cover-up so quickly um you know and and that's obviously the one thing you know that's obviously why you know harlan was the better kind of person in terms of you know coming up with strategy and plans is because harlan was able to think of that you know as he died um and you know obviously marta tried to carry it out but messed it up a little bit so she has then been covering up as well and i don't think he betted on that either i don't think he realized that there's in addition to you know the kind of the cover-up to start off with there's also been the cover-up of the cover-up going on and i think it's interesting that ransom is effectively kind of like you say i i personally don't think that the number would stop with his fair percentage I I think no, he would no. end up uh, like t- taking as much as he possibly could. He might even just leave her with a million, um, and he might demand like the publishing, and he might just leave her in the house with a million, and that would be it. But you know, like he he long term, he he's not gonna leave her alone. Like this this is not this is not a plan that she should ever agree to because he is gonna keep coming back for more. That is obviously yeah, he's going to go off, spend it on drugs and yeah. whatever, and then come back. A year later, and go. I want five million more. I know what you yeah. did. Yeah, and I think I think that's obviously maybe one of the things, and not this like not the same kind of blackmail thing, but obviously the fact that ransom, uh, we never like with everybody else, they they started a business to pretend that they did something with the money, um, and in Walt's case, you know, he manages the publishing, which again, that's like these are all things that are just fronts for the fact that they're just taking money directly <laughs> from Harlan. Yeah, from Harlan. the The other thing about it is, um, at this stage, he could also just be saying that to her, so the money goes to her, and then he might turn her in yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Because at this point, he's just found out that, as far as he knows, his plan succeeded. Yeah. So he was thrown off by the fact that his granddad died with his troth cut, which obviously wasn't done by Marta. So. He had set it up so Marta was going to accidentally kill her. And now he's found out, wait, Marta does think yeah. that she accidentally killed him. So as far as he's concerned, he's win-win in every single situation at this point. Now, he doesn't know, if we're talking spoilers, he doesn't know that Marta didn't accidentally give him the wrong dose. Yeah. and and, and I, Which is what it all hinges I on. think it's funny as well that obviously he's he, you know he's the one who kind of like took a medical bag took out the antidote switched the things you know like he's he he's uh you know for the clarity of the audience he obviously switched the labels so the wrong dose is actually yeah. the right dose um but I I think it's funny that like 
he's finding out effectively that his plan he's not finding out the truth of what happened he's finding out his plan succeeded but then because of harlan's nature there has been this cover-up um and now ransom yeah. You know, obviously, from this point on, he's he's also got to cover other stuff up. So, obviously, the toxicology report. You know, the kind of obviously what happens with Fran. You know, there's uh, there's more stuff that's going to happen, and it's all part of now Ransom trying to cover up his tracks uh, in terms of like you know the reason he hired Benoit Blanc because obviously he wanted Benoit Blanc to find out about the accidental overdose. Like that's that was his plan. That's why he yeah. was there. And, yeah. you know, Blank doesn't know why he's there because obviously Harlan changed the narrative and made it a suicide. And so, it, you know, you know, Ransom has hired him before the plan was actually fully put into action. And so it's kind of a bit premature. Like if Ransom had waited, he, you know, he would have just kind of, you know, left it a little bit longer maybe and just let the police kind of toxicology reports solve things for themselves. Like that would have you know, that would have shown that the, the wrong drug was given and then Martin would have been, you know, indicted and, you know, he would have been put back in the will. You know, so obviously that was his, his original plan. But now he's got this new plan and he's framing it as he's on her side. And I think that's kind of like just the fact that he set up, you know, her to, to you know, throw up if she had all these, these baked beans and sausages. That's, that's, that's a small kind of indication of what he's like in, t- in terms of, you know, how he yeah. manipulates people. It's, and I guess that's the thing. It's from Harlan... this minute on. Sorry, I was going to say from this minute on, he is the villain of the movie. Yeah. It, up until this point, he's been the shadowy figure who might have been causing stuff in the background. We, we didn't know. But from the end of this conversation and the phone call with Meg... Chris Evans is the bad guy. And I think it's interesting because I get the feeling that Harlan was just tired of this. And that's that's it, yeah. like, you know, he chose his birthday because he was cutting everybody off, you know, and obviously he didn't expect to die that night in his will to be read, you know, a week later. Um, but, you know, he was he changed the will, you know, and then he'd spoken to each of them in turn and he cut them all off. And basically, you know, that that was it. You know, he was done with his family, essentially, like just kind of living off him. And it's funny that Ransom kind of reacted to that by, by coming up with this scheme which immediately gets thrown off. And I think this is this is kind of true of, um, you know, this film, is you have Ransom come up with this scheme, it gets thrown off by Harlan killing himself, but then at the same time, you know, Marta has to cover it up. So, But that gets thrown off by the fact that Benoit Blanc starts investigating and then she has to kind of cover her own tracks, literally, and, you know, kind mm-hmm. of explain away the trellis piece and, you know, and all of this is going on. And then when we get to the end, you'll find out that Benoit Blanc was like, I saw like some blood on your shoe. I knew like you hadn't done it. <laughs> you were yeah, there, you know, yeah. like I knew that you were present when he cut his throat on, you know, which is obviously what she said. You know, that was like kind of the, the only real lie that she kind of told directly to him. And, and he's like, you know, I've known from the beginning, like what was going on. I don't know how much of that is true in terms of Benoit Blanc, if he did know. But I, I think it's interesting that that's the... Like, each time someone comes up with a plan in this film, it ends up going slightly awry. Um, and we'll see that later with the kind of the toxicology report. And then, you know, there's the threat with the letter. And then, you know, the lab gets burnt down. And then there's the kind of the, the car chase. And, you know, then there's Fran. Like, every, every, every kind of... From this point on, every stage of each person's plan ends up getting messed up. And that was true of, Har- you know, even Harlan's alibi ended up getting a bit messed up a bit because Marta, you know, stopped at the wrong statue. And, you know, even though <laughs> it was kind of, you know, thought out like clockwork, you know, she ended up messing that up and then she had to try and cover it up. And, you know, 
I, I think it's interesting that that's kind of almost the motif of this film is people trying to do something, messing it up slightly, and then having to cover it up with something even worse <laughs> that is even more elaborate that <laughs> makes them a lot easier to catch. Uh, because, you know, uh, by the end of the film, if Ransom hadn't done a couple of things, like if he hadn't murdered Fran, he might have got away with it, you know? Uh, and Yeah, he that's, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. It's like, effectively, he was getting away with everything he wanted, but then took three steps too far. Yeah. Burned down the coroner's, like, <laughs> murders a woman to get a police report or a, a blood test report, toxicology report. And it's... It's crazy. Like, there's no no reason for it at all. Well, sorry. For us, there's no reason for it. You understand why he thinks he needs to yeah. do it. And as I was going to say, but in the end, I think the, the kind of the fact that everybody else has got these kind of fronts where they're like, you know, I did this, therefore I'm not taking Harlan's money when I'm still actually just taking Harlan's money. You know, I've set set up this lifestyle mm-hmm. brand that is clearly a failure, but at the same time, you know, that that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm doing something with the money. Whereas I feel like. It, at no point in this film do we ever get told what Ransom's job is because he has no job <laughs> you know yeah. he's just a yeah. playboy and, and I think it's funny that like you know out of everybody in the family you know he's the one who um, and I think some other hosts have said this is the most honest in that he does nothing and he knows he does nothing and all he does is take his granddad's money and that's literally that's literally his job is just taking his granddad's money and obviously you know he pushed him far enough where he's he's been cut off but I I think it's interesting because for some of the others like, you know, cutting off Linda and Richard is, I don't know, it's just a way of, to say to them, look, you know, if your business is successful, then it's going to be successful. You shouldn't need my money. Yeah, go out and, and make it yeah, successful. You know, yeah. uh, for Joni, it's, you know, you're embezzling. Stop doing that. And if you, I think it as... <laughs> a little smack on the wrist. Yeah, I, like, I, think, I think if Joni had actually admitted that she was embezzling and said that she was sorry for it, Harlem probably would have said, you know, okay, well then, you know, I'll give you enough money to cover, you know, Meg's education past the next year or next couple of years. Uh, but, you know, maybe a little bit to live on or something or, you know, to try and start something, you know, to actually kind of come up with a proper business or whatever. But like, that's the end of it. Like there's a, there's a, you know, there's a cutoff point and it's probably going to be like a couple of years worth of money and you're going to have to plan around that. But instead she, yeah. Just speaking of which, it. um, just, just when you mentioned yeah. Meg, uh, so we finish with the phone call and Meg and Marta and this is when Meg makes to turn to be like the rest of the thrombies which is um, oh Marta you know I think maybe you should renounce it just for everybody blah 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 like up until this point she's been on Meg's you know on Marta's side and the friendly one with her but a minute ago she finds out well we won't be able to afford to pay for your college Yeah. so suddenly it's <laughs> well you know every thrombie for themselves at this point and uh, and it's it's another like for the the, per, the people talking next like Meg's face or sorry uh, Marta's face during that phone call like speaks to real hurt that Meg who she thought was her friend who thought saw her as well, maybe not an equal but definitely somebody of worth is now suddenly changed her mind and is like no give up the money and I think that's when she makes the decision to you know effectively work with ransom at that stage yeah i think it's interesting yeah because obviously uh, meg's kind of deception um you know particularly when marta's like you you know you're not being pressured into this you know and she's like no one by myself and it's like literally smash cut to the entire family standing there the whole family yeah. around her, like, so yeah. i think i don't want to get too much into that because obviously it's next week's minutes and i don't want to kind of uh you know undermine 
the next host. But yeah, I think it's interesting that Meg kind of trying to manipulate her in a kind of clumsy way is why she falls for the much smoother manipulation of Ransom. Ransom, yeah. You know, and he's also he's also offering her something, you know, like because, you know, the the rest of the family could have said, well, you know, uh, rather than having all of it, you know, could you at least kind of give us something, you know, a million apiece, maybe, you know, like, uh, yeah, this, exactly. or, or Meg could have said, look, you know, we can't afford the tuition. Would you mind, you know, like it was obviously Harlan's intention to cover the tuition. Would you mind just covering it until until the end, you know, obviously with friends, you know, just do that. And and I would have, if, if maybe that had been put forward, Marta probably would have been, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, but the fact that she's like renounced the will immediately pushes her towards ransom <laughs> away from yeah, the rest exactly, of the family. Because it's yeah. such a, it's, it's exactly the opposite of what Meg had said to her earlier. Yeah. Although at the same time, and I feel this must be said, uh, Meg doesn't ever say where Marta is from accurately and, no. You know, in in some of the earlier scenes at the party, Meg is a bit more indifferent to Marta. You know, she's friendly, but she doesn't, you know, she doesn't seem like she's a close friend. She's probably the closest out of everybody in the family aside from Harlan. But I think that's probably because she's closer to her in age. And, you know, it, like out of everybody else, it just kind of makes sense. You know, she's not going to be friends with Jacob, you know. <laughs> um, so, uh, so uh, you know, she she's not really friends with Walt. I mean, in the, in the first few minutes of the film, you know, she doesn't refer to Walt as like Walt. She refers to him as Harlan's son. So, you know, there's a there's a certain level of distance. And obviously, you know, Linda doesn't seem like a very friendly person. Uh, you know, so she's not she's not going to. And, and uh, you know, Richard kind of mistakes her for the help and gives her like his his plate or something to take away. Or you know, so like uh, there's a certain distance that the rest of the family have, have had, despite their protestations, of course, that, you know, they wanted her. Oh, did the, we all love her. At the funeral. Yeah, they wanted her at the funeral, um, you know, uh, but everybody else voted it, it down. Um, whereas, you know, with Meg, I think she is a little bit closer. But like I say, I think that's probably just because they're closer in age and they're both, you know, young ladies. And I don't know that, you know, if, if Meg saw Marta out on the street and she was with her friends from college, that she would actually say Acknowledge a word her, to yeah. Marta. Yeah. But so, as I said, Marta being in the big house and Marta would be there and Meg is late teens, early 20s, like that, she's going to wander off from what the older people are doing and yeah. is much more likely to be spending time. But as you said, they're not really friends. It's just Meg is there and they're roughly roughly close to each other in age like i think also it's true that you know um you know me i mean look the one thing that i i'm not a hundred percent on in this film is the politics because it does feel a little bit kind of right-wing talking pointy when it comes to people kind of repeating stuff uh which is you know kind of funny but i think in a few years it's not going to age that well but you know that's just one tiny gripe and it's you know only a few lines here and there mm -hmm. but i think also i'm not a hundred percent happy with like meg being painted as this kind of leftist uh but who immediately abandons her morals to side with this but family. i think i think that's what i yeah yeah I, I get what you're saying is but i don't think she's ever a true leftist i think oh no i think she, i but i i think here's the thing this is the one thing that irked me about the film i was very irked i will say that <laughs> um and that is the the right wingers in this film are all horrible people and they yeah. are correctly portrayed as horrible people, but they're a little bit caricature-y. Oh, they're, they're very, very caricature. Yeah, nice. Ricky Lindholm just literally spouts, you know, lines that Donald Trump has said. Like I said, or, I don't think in a few years it won't really age that well. But... He's one step away from being Ben Shapiro. Like, that's that's <laughs> yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Jacob is, is styled as that. But at the, at the same time, 
None of those right wingers ever change. Like they st- they stay like that because, of course, most right wingers in America are awful people. Mm-hmm. So, but they are shown as being the truest because the only real kind of left wing people in the film are Joni and Meg, and, and Joni is Joni is an embezzler who's basically lying about her life because you know she's she's like a fake uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Meg immediately the second that she you know, thinks she's not going to have money and is going to be poor. She basically stops, you know, being a leftist and it's basically painting leftists as people who are just performative. And that kind of irked me because I was like, you know, you could have made Meg, you know, kind of truly leftist and stick to her ideals, but also had her kind of betray Marta a little bit, but, you know, kind of put up more of a protest about it. Instead, she just folds straight away. Oh yeah. It's it's literally one second. Yeah. And it's, and you know, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was like, mm, you know, if I mean, you know, the kind of the they're all coming over here, and you know, there's a problem at the border, and all these kind of things. I'm like, well, you know, those are kind of like right wing talking points that kind of fit their characters. But at the same time, I think it would have been more interesting if Richard would have been more of like a leftist. Like he's making money, but that money affords him the ability to be kind of, for want of a better word, a word that has been overused in the past few years, woke. <laughs> and more kind of in tune with leftist kind of, uh, you know, talking about how maybe he wants to pay more taxes or, you know, that would have been an interesting take because you expect him to be who he is in this film. Like there's a there's a little less nuance to that character. And, you know, you expect him to be this person who has benefited from, you know, his father in law's wealth. You know, that all kind of makes sense. You know, um, you know, he's positioned as a I don't know, a, a Rudy Giuliani's son or a, an Eric Trump or whatever, like it's it seems like he's just happy being rich but i think that should have been used as like he's happy being rich but he's using that to then you know perform as a campaigner whereas meg for all intents and purposes is not rich and so you know all she's losing is you know money to her education which is that's a that's not a good thing that's a bad thing and Mm -hmm. i kind of understand why harlan did it because of the embezzling um, and I think he actually did say that he was going to cover the education. So that's, you know, that's not. A problem. But at the same time, it felt like she's only saying these things because she's at college. And everyone knows that colleges are dens of left wing, um, you know, anarchy. And I I just felt that the character, that one part of her character seemed a little bit shallow. Um, you know, and I thought it would have been interesting if some of those roles would have been a bit more reversed. Mm-hmm. And like even the Nazi kid, like he is a little bit caricature you know, there are some funny things about him and the, and the kid's a good actor as well. So, you know, he carries it off. But at the same time, it's like, it feels a little bit one note. Yeah. Um, you know, no, I, so, I, I, I get what you're saying. You know, but at the same time, you know, Meg obviously is a rich white girl. And as soon as she thinks she's going to lose her money, she immediately is like, keep me the money. But I feel like, you know, <laughs> if Meg had genuinely, if she had, you know, resisted her family, um, Marta would have probably helped her out anyway. Because Marta's a yeah. good person, you know, so it's kind of she kind of uh, is hoisted by her own petard. I think the actions of the movie, the actions of that those six people or seven people throughout the film are what lead to the end scene of the film, which is yeah. Marta holding the cup, standing on the balcony, watching them leaving her house. Whereas yeah. I think realistically, if they all had been nice about it and accepting of it, realistically, she would have taken care of them. Because she's a loving, caring person. And yeah. she she might not have been friendly with them or might not have got on with them, but she wouldn't have left them to starve. So, like, yeah, maybe she'd have taken 20 million for herself 
but she would have left him the house and she would have left him the rest of the fortune to to separate like yeah or she might have even she might have even said to walt look i don't know how to manage a publish house like you can still have your job yeah yeah keep keep your previous job i'll pay you the same that harlan was paying you but that's you know that's it don't suggest anything don't suggest selling stuff to netflix or anything because harlan didn't want that but just continue doing your job and i'll just keep paying you and that'll be it you know like you know you manage it because realistically how is marta going to manage an entire publishing house (laughs) like exactly yeah you know it feels like that's more of a burden than a blessing at that point but uh yeah i don't know it's just it just irked me because i saw the the right-wing people in this film being the ones who were seen as having like kind of the strongest views and you know didn't waver whereas the only kind of left-wing person in the film immediately folds and i was like you know i'm not sure that ryan johnson would see it that way but uh, you know, that was just my that was just my feeling. It's the same. It's the same on any TV show or whatever. When people start spouting, you know, like right wing stuff, it's like it's just talking points that have been debunked, and that's not a personality. And whoever's writing this needs to either t- stop doing that or research it better. <laughs> you know, um, but I think the downfall is the fact that all right wingers in America are idiots who have no morals. So it's very hard to make a character based on that. It's like building a house on shifting sands. So um, that, you know, if there are any right-wing people listening to the podcast, I'm sure that will alienate them. Um, so you, know. you, you think some right-wing people have been watching a Ryan Johnson movie? Uh, you would be surprised, but uh, a recent podcast that I did, I say recent, it was like the towards the end of last year, uh, somebody on the Facebook page for it actually commented about a, a comment that was made about an anti-Trump remark. Um, wow. And it was like, I, you know, I was like, I, I feel... And they were like, so you don't want me to listen to the podcast? And I was like, if you are voting for Donald Trump in this upcoming election, don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. Happy to lose you as a listener, quite frankly. Oh, no. I've lost your listen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've already downloaded all the episodes, probably, and listened to most of them. <laughs> so, you know, I've got that now. Uh, so that is where we will finish our week. Uh, you know, causing outrage amongst the right-wing circles, I'm sure, who were all listening to this podcast. Uh, I'm sure I'll see the downloads plummet after this particular remark. <laughs> uh, is there anything that you wish to plug before we go? Yeah, I'll finish by plugging Media Evil, Sarah If Decker's podcast, which I'm on a bunch of episodes on, and it's fantastic about medieval set movies. And if you want to listen to a bunch of teenage girls and their 40-year-old teacher talking about Mamma Mia and Outer Banks and what did we do this week? Um, Enola Holmes. If you want to listen to us talk about that and me not understand why they enjoy these things, uh, it's called Defend Your Flicks on uh, on SoundCloud. And you can find us on Twitter at uh, Knives Out Minute. Uh, I did want to give a quick shout out to someone who uh, has followed on Twitter and has been very vocal. Uh, in particular, they were vocal about some uh, representation uh, one week where one of the male hosts was talking a lot more than the female guest and they were not happy about it and they made it clear to us and you know obviously we take those comments on board um and i'm just trying to find on twitter her name because i did want to just i think i think it's pronounced lease or Le- it's lisa but with an e at the end um and i think it's anderson because uh, it, her name is like andrea but with a son at the end uh i think she's danish uh i don't want to 
uh, give the wrong country. Obviously, she can always, uh, when this episode goes up, she can always tweet at me and correct me. Um, and she had, you know, she's been very supportive uh, online, retweeting and liking stuff and, you know, like I say, interacting. So I just wanted at this opportunity, you know, to kind of just uh, say thanks to her for doing that because, um, you know, it's very, like, I think the online thing is very weird in terms of, you know, this this is kind of a bit one-sided. We're just kind of talking into the void. And uh, so it's nice to get a bit of uh, feedback from someone. Um, and the host it, who who was, uh, you know, chastised, he did apologize for uh, talking too much, um, you know, and obviously said that he will kind of uh, try to amend that in future. So, you know, it was a nice, uh, a nice interaction. Uh, so, you know, shout out to her for, for being uh, so vocal about that. Uh, and also for proving that at least one person is listening to this, uh, which is always nice validation. Uh, if you want to listen to me more, you can listen to me talk about Tom Hanks on a podcast that I have called T Hanks for the memories or the memories should I say. Uh, I would try and tell you the uh, Twitter handle, but it is extremely awkward because <laughs> that title does not fit onto Twitter. So I had to make some amendments and it's it's just a bit. If you search for T Hanks for the memory, you might find it or just search my name. And uh, you might find it from there. Uh, so thanks for being my guest this week, Ollie. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Darren. Anytime you're doing something, yes, I'd love to come on and, and talk about some uh, some Tom Hanks at some stage. Well, hopefully that will happen. Uh, and otherwise, we will leave you uh, with the knowledge that we will be back next week with a different host and a different guest. And they will talk you through uh, the exciting conclusion to the phone call uh, between <laughs> Meg and Marta. Uh, thanks for listening, and otherwise, 